Welcome to Macro Hack Radio. Here at Macro Hack Radio, we love carbs. Carbs are friends. Carbs are a necessity. With all of the low carb fads that float around seemingly endlessly and repackaged in other diets, we want to debunk the myth that you have to eat low carbs, talk about why carbs are important, and present some situations in which low carbs may be temporarily beneficial, but certainly not meant to be sustainable as a way of eating. So without further ado, here's Tyler and Leanne with MacroHack Radio. So, we are excited to talk about one of our favorite topics, everybody's favorite topics, which is carbs. Everybody loves carbs and loves to hate carbs. But first, we want to talk about some cool stuff that's going on with all of our businesses and teams and things like that. So it just so happens that tomorrow there is a natural bodybuilding show, an OCB show local here in Phoenix, the Slayer Classic. Put on by our friend, um, and we have some clients in the show. How many total? Five? Yeah, I believe so. Five clients. I think they're all females, but since we're talking about carbs, all of them, even though they're going into a bodybuilding show, will be eating plenty of carbs and drinking lots of water, even going into the show. Yes. And the more the carbs they eat this week, at least for my client, I'm sure yep. it's for the same for you, is they're like mm-hmm. getting tighter and looking better as they yep. progress in the week. Yes. So, so we're excited about that. What else? So carbs are very important. <laughs> yes. They're important to maintaining sanity more than anything. However, when we, a lot of times, um, we find that when we do speak with people about their diets or what they're doing for their diet and they're looking to do something new, most of the time it seems that uh, they identify with low carbs as being the way to reach their weight loss goal. But the crazy thing is that everybody's out there doing the low carbs to reach their weight loss goal. However, they might take weight off, but somehow they're back on a low carb diet because it failed and it didn't work. But nobody seems to identify that as a problem. (laughs) They just go to straight restriction of lowering the carbs, but also changing a lot of their food sources that result to like taking out all their carbs. And then they go, they create a lot of misconceptions of oh I can't eat carbs past a certain time and so there's just a lot of dogmatic things that just go in their brain that they need to do but really it's creating too much chaos so much chaos and so much unsustainability because then like Tyler said there's lots of different I'm gonna say rules that people have it seems like we've learned that yeah like with people losing weight or gaining weight or whatever like most of us come you know over time, we develop a lot of different rules that we, our brain operates by. And I would say like some of them are limiting beliefs. Some of them are just very ingrained um, because of society or the media, but we develop like all these rules over time. And the more people diet, it seems that especially carbs get played into these strong rules where then you have like oh, those are bad carbs or the, my favorite, what every mom says. I've been hearing my mom say this since I was like 10, I think. The bread goes straight to my thighs or my hips. Yeah, like always. I think every lady over the age of like 40 has said that at least once. It happens a lot. It's, <laughs> it, I, I, I eat you know, enough carbs or I lower my carbs, but it's not the right type of carbs. Oh, yeah, the right type. And so it people don't understand that uh, that 
carbs aren't the enemy. People, your body doesn't look at the carb being like if you're eating a pop tart, it doesn't think, "Wow, you're eating a pop tart. It's going to go straight to your ass." Yeah, it doesn't work like we that. We hope it does. It, it this doesn't. Day and age, it, but. It, it'd be great to fill out and use it towards your muscle, but <laughs> right. but people just think that certain carbs and certain foods create cellulite, true. and it's not true. It, it doesn't just magically all of a sudden create this body fat in specific areas. It's just the same thing. It, it goes along the lines of spot training. You can't spot train either specifically. Only for like shaping or building muscle. I mean, it, it goes, plays a role. But you can't tell your arm to lose body fat just by doing extra curls. No. Or extra battle rope stuff or whatever it may be. You can't specifically train for that. So it's like all of that is genetic. So if you're eating in surplus, period, whether the surplus comes from carbs, fat, protein, you're going to gain body fat eventually, and it's going to go where your genetic predisposition says it should go. It's not like... And some people hold it in different areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I have more body fat on my low back and legs. And same with women naturally have it more on their hips. Lower bodies. Lower body. Yeah. And so... It doesn't matter what type of carbs you're eating because your body doesn't know that you're eating a Pop-Tart, oatmeal, eggs, whatever it may be, or that's a protein source, but um, it doesn't know if you're eating candy or something clean and it just only understands protein, carbs, and fats and micronutrients, breaks it down from a scientific level instead of just Pop-Tarts or yeah, oatmeal. It just doesn't work that way. But it does get the culprit, and then what they be, those things become the culprit, and then over time you have a, a diet that's very unsustainable because then you're avoiding all of these foods, and they become. I think we talked about it in a previous episode, like the red button, where you avoid it, avoid it. You picture it as bad. You can't have it. So then when you have it, you go completely overboard. And it's not those particular food sources. It's the excess of calories overall. That is then causing you to gain weight. So it's just a whole cyclical Yes. The first time I ever did a diet was uh, when I competed in 2007. And I experienced that myself personally. And that's what made it absolutely miserable as I started cutting out all these carbs and restricting myself to literally, I think it was about seven or eight foods. And that was it. And rice and oatmeal were like my main carb sources. And it was I was absolutely miserable. And in 12 weeks when I did the diet... Um, I binged and overate more than I ever have in my entire life. <laughs> it was so bad where I created this unsustainable approach. And, and after the show, I gained 30 pounds in less than 10 days. Like you got more bad habits yes. from the diet yes. than it gave you like a benefit yes. almost. And it was trying to eliminate all these carbs and it created more chaos in my brain, a bad relationship with food, like terrible relationship gain all this weight back and then also on top of that this is another topic but I would try and out train a bad diet so I would end up doing more cardio and it was just complete misery spinning your wheels yes. a ton and then when I started doing flexible dieting and understanding and learning more about it when I worked with Joe it you know I did a 30 week diet and didn't cheat at all because I was able to have the foods that I wanted and created all these different types of um, foods that I didn't think I could have I had it within moderation and so it was a lot more sustainable that way because mentally going into it, it felt like a treat, but I didn't overdo it where I didn't have that bad relationship with food. Because you knew you could have it. I so knew I could have it, like yeah. like all mind blown over it. The red button. Yes. And I think like most of the people we talk to when they, and it's human nature, we're not like trying to pick on anybody, but there, a lot of people tell us they're just certain they've done this 
meal plan for the last, you know, six months, year, and they're just not seeing the results because, you know, it doesn't work for them. This clean eating doesn't work for them, but they don't realize what they're doing during the times when they're not clean eating and their carbs aren't under 100 grams or something like that. That is what compiles. And not only is it compiling and they're spinning their wheels in terms of weight loss, they're also creating all of these rules in their head that then are very difficult to unravel by yourself. And that's kind of the co- like the coaching that we do. That is one of, to me, the most beneficial parts is like that outside reflection of being able to, and some people take it better than others, but it's being able to point out, hey, do you realize you're doing this same pattern like every week, you know, um, where you're overeating like at these times or, or whatever, like these certain foods, like maybe we can incorporate some of these carbs in more moderation across the week. So you're not feeling like you need to do that, but we all, balance. yeah, exactly. Not going extremes. Yes. And that's where like coaching is valuable where you can't get that from an automated thing or no in, um, in AI. And it's so hard to even do it to yourself. It like, is. you know, even if you know and understand the concepts, it's very difficult to like pick out your own shortcomings totally. that and patterns that you're doing and a lot of that that just comes down to self-awareness mm-hmm. people aren't self-aware or they're in denial that they're making these mistakes and it's not necessarily as coaching goes we're not like pointing out the mistakes to make you feel like you're failing it's just pointing out the things that's uh, could be more that can create more balance reflective, in your life and reflective yeah. and it, it's truly just trying to help you in the in the grand scheme of things in the long run instead of just right now and trying to lose weight now it's Mm -hmm. okay let's make this something that's truly for life yes i think the culture of dieting too like i think there are a lot of people out there that identify like they're the way they eat is like a point of pride you know you have all these different cultures and communities surrounded around eating these days like vegan and you know all these different things and it becomes a point of pride and those that say they eat clean this becomes like something that they identify with strongly so it feels as though if you are picking out things and, and telling them, hey, you know, it's okay if you have like some chocolate here or there because you're kind of, that's a thing you're repeating. They f- picture that as failing because they so strongly identify with this way of eating that then you're kind of like attacking or insulting like their ability mm-hmm. to be perfect towards this thing that they view as so valuable. And it's like, if you let go of all those things and you just seek what works for you across the board and get, you know, more balance and moderation. Um, like Tyler was saying, your approach is so sustainable and it's like, it doesn't have to exist within a box perfectly. It can, you know, be many things. And that's, what's so cool about flexible dieting. So when it comes to carbs, what do you do for training? As oh, this is you have to talk about this, Tyler. This is Tyler's mo- no, best best topic. No, it's not. But <laughs> yes. Well, carbs are definitely the number one source that's used for energy. So you definitely have to have carbs in your in your diet, and you can utilize those carbs around your training to make it more optimal and more effective. And so, you know, you can your pre workout meal. I feel like is one of your most important meals of the day. And then also your post. And unless you're eating, you know, or training super early in the morning, I mean, you can get a little bit of carbs. You don't have to eat this massive meal and feel disgusting going into the training session. But having just a little bit of carbs can create more energy for performance in the uh, with the workout. You don't have to have anything during. Just have enough beforehand where you can optimize. And you can even get away with some of the sugary type carbs around that or around your workouts too because I like to do that myself personally where – I love my ice cream. Yeah. 
I love my candy. I love my cookies. I will fully admit it. I even love Lucky Charms. Like that's yeah, that's my boy. forte. That's my go-to. That I love that. Too. And so I'll, I'll use that. I'll have those foods pre or post, and then later in the day or the rest of the day, I'll eat more moderately and more cleaner, mm-hmm. quote unquote. And that way, um, I'm enjoying the foods I, I want. I don't feel deprived. But the rest of the day, I know that I have to, hey, I have to eat a little bit cleaner, and that I can't have these massive quantities of food outside of what I'm supposed to be eating. The other benefit, I was going to say, like, I know I've heard of that idea, that concept of eating, like, um, higher glycemic index foods around workouts. Like, it's kind of cool because you're not as full, I think. Mm-hmm. Where, hungry. Yeah, right? So it's like you're not feeling sick. Um, we'll go into it more, but, like, high and low glycemic index foods can be used with strategy to make it better. But first, I was going to pick on myself, myself a little because... I will say my pre and post like workout nutrition was totally horrible when Tyler started coaching me. And again, that was kind of just due to rules in my head where I've for like years, like well before I competed or anything like that, I kind of ate in more of an intermittent fasting style. And so a lot of times I work out early, so I did not optimally like eat, you know, pre and post workout. I just always adhered to my rules about how I ate outside of that and so I would not do a very good job of like you know pre and post workout and once I started doing that and especially recently when I took like a really long off season and focused a lot more on doing that like my progress was way way better and how'd you feel during those sessions (sighs) definitely better when I was I I work out really early at like 5 a.m so sometimes that can be tough not only for me but other clients but in the afternoon if I like trained fed like I was so much stronger and Definitely, yeah. But you did, you had a little bit of carbs before in the morning, just a little bit. It was better, yeah, definitely better. felt differently. Stronger. It's interesting, especially coming from a high-level athlete like yourself and just changing that one small thing. Because I know a lot of people do train fasted in the morning or Mm -hmm. like like that. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just, just try it. If you're maybe a little bit of carbs or something beforehand to see if there's a difference. Plus, you're getting that instant um, surge of glucose in, in your bloodstream before you go in. So you're going to be using that first. Um, and that I'd rather have like a better performance of feeling better in the workout than feeling, at least for me, this is just me personally, I feel tired and drained if I, if I train fasted first thing in the morning. I just feel weak just mentally. It could be just all mental. <laughs> it could be all mental. But I do feel weaker. I do feel more tired. But if I have a little bit of carbs before going to my session, even if it's early, I feel like I have a lot better uh, gym session and training session, me personally, than I do um, without it. But compared to later in the day, I feel amazing. Working <laughs> just, out later in the day. Yeah, I just feel better in the day, just for me personally. Yeah. So uh, what about for carbs for satiety and sanity? Like you touch on that. What do you do for just satiation? Uh, I think that a lot of that can come down to, and just with working with, you know, many different people, some, there's two sides to that. There's a psychological side and then like a physiological side where carbs can provide satiety in like different ways where we talked a little about high and low, um, glycemic index carbs. Um, you're going to typically stay a little more full if you're eating uh, lower glycemic index carbs they digest a little bit slower and impact your blood sugar differently especially if they're paired with like protein and fat Um, but then there is a side where with flexible dieting just to like give a quick 
you know, refresher of it. If you have like 200 carbs during the day and you know that starting off and you cannot get this, uh, whatever it is, um, cereal off your brain or whatever, but like you've planned these meals and you know, you only have 200 carbs. This is where the psychological side comes in where I find that most people and we find that most people are not very successful fighting off that craving forever. So here's where using carbs with more of a, you know, a psychological component can come in where it's like, if you really want this cookie or this cereal or this thing, and you know, you're not going to successfully get it off your brain until you have it, that would be a place where you could incorporate that into your day instead of feeling like you need to fall off to have it and continue eating clean all these like you know clean carb sources or or whatever across the day the the thing is can you just stick to that one cookie or that that's the tough part that's the hard part is if you're an all or nothing type person that's where the the there's pros and cons of flexible dieting and there's we'll preach about that all day long where it's great to it's a sustainable approach but if you're not able to control yourself there's a lot of self-control that is involved with any diet approach that you do if you can if you're gonna trigger yourself to eat an entire box of cookies because you had one then you need to probably dig a little bit deeper into the issue isn't the diet it's something's going on in in your brain where you just there might be some food issues or bad relationship with food you know, there's many different things going on other than the diet outside. Yeah, outside I think diet. that's so true. And that's probably one of the things we, and zero judgment of it. Cause like so many people battle with that yeah. where it is tough, you know, cause again, those foods in our brain are made bad or like they're unhealthy. Um, we grow up, even our moms are like, you know, you can't, that's junk. Like you can't have that. So a lot of people do develop some pretty rough rules and restrictions and again self-control is like a thing where we all get weak you're not going to be perfect all the time but in my opinion I don't know if like Tyler has different experiences too but I'll try to work with clients um, to still incorporate those things because I feel like it and maybe create new rules surrounding it that are more healthy because like if they just keep on avoiding it and avoiding it like it's a whole snowball of things and to me it's like why not dig into it while you have like that outside support of somebody that you're reflecting with? I don't know. So what about if someone has 150 grams of carbs or just the amount of carbs they have in the day and they blow through them by 2 PM? It's going to be a little rough. You get that a lot where (laughs) people will message us and like, I've, I've blown through all my carbs and it's like one o'clock and they're like, Oh, what do I eat? (laughs) air well it's now you just made the choice to blow through all your carbs now as you're blowing through these carbs you have to understand that okay i don't get any more the rest of the day it's not you can't make magic happen where all of a sudden you're like okay let's have some more food because if you're trying to lose weight or be in a deficit you're not gonna like there's really no room you you can't make mat. you can't we call it it. it the the macro wand (laughs) you can't wave this magical wand and just tell people like well you're just going to eat protein and fat, whatever's left over yeah, for like the day. You just have to suck fit. it up for the most part. But you have to understand that as you're blowing through them that, okay, I'm not going to... Because I've done that before myself during prep and, and everything where I'm blowing through my carbs Ooh. early on. Not intentionally, but it just happens. And so... Um, because I can't stop eating and then I just know and then your self-control is like really has to kick yes, in yes it does and so the rest of the day I, I tell I make that decision okay if I do this mm-hmm. I can only eat protein the rest of the day so you have to be really 
you have to manage self-aware, and self-aware yeah. and know that, okay, if I have 200 grams of carbs for the day, mm-hmm. I have to be careful. Let's divide it up by maybe however many meals I have and shoot yes. for that. That way you have balance. That helps uh, a ton to be able to know if you're going over, you know, eating a lot in one meal, you have to know, okay, I need to eat less this next meal. Yes. And understand that it, you can't eat more carbs just because you blew through them at, at two o'clock. And I think that is sometimes with, um, for those of you that have like followed like the flexible dieting culture of things or uh, if it fits your macros culture, it's like this misconception that because they hear of one person that's posting on social media, like I eat 300 carbs while I'm dieting. Everybody thinks that when they come to flexible dieting, that that is going to be the comparison. their scenario. And man, right. Like I'll That's... be honest where I'm a lucky one where I can eat more, but I've had a couple people sort of have that moment where it clicked, where they're like, Oh, I'm never going to be able to eat that much and like make that progress. It's like, it's not magic. It's just, that all comes yeah. down to genetics. Yeah. If mom and dad blessed you with bad genetics that you're, you're just luck of the draw that you, you're going to have to deal with that yeah. your whole life. You can't, if your ceiling is truly, let's say where you're at right now with your metabolic set point at 200 grams of carbs, just to maintain, let's just say you can't change your set point to like three or 400 or 500 grams of carbs through like reverse dieting. Through reverse dieting. Yeah. Yeah. That's another topic where you cannot do that physically. Now, the only way to do that is by gaining a bunch of weight. Then you can totally (laughs) change your set point where you could eat 400 grams of carbs and do that daily and maintain, but you're going to be heavier than where you're at now. That's, that's a like super good point right there that I don't think people, because we just get trapped in this, in the moment the bigger picture of like dieting is exactly what Tyler just said, where it's like X intake will sustain a body at this size. Anybody can eat those amounts, but it will sustain you at a much higher size. It's all just like simply physics and science where nobody looks at that bigger picture of like, sure, you can want to be this lean forever once you diet down, but can you sustain this intake? Because that's what your body dictates you yeah. need to do to like stay there. And as you diet down too, it, you your metabolism does go down naturally because you have less body mass on, on your body. And so you're, you become more efficient. And so the more efficient you are, the less you need to survive and stay in homeostasis. So people think that you need to eat all this food to increase your metabolic rate and stimulate your metabolism <laughs> by having um, all this extra food, but really you're just creating more body fat if you need need more, which you're going to have a higher metabolic rate. Yeah. You're going to just have more body weight too. <laughs> totally. Our bodies are just trying to stay where yeah, they are. Exactly. They're not big on like getting smaller or bigger. They just kind of want to yes. figure out where to, they can yes. hang. Yes. <laughs> And so, yeah, types of carbs don't don't really play a role in, in, in that. It's just quantity. Mostly yeah. Mostly comes down to that. So what about, okay, carbs after a certain point? How often do you hear that? Oh, like... Or after in the day? The not, carbs not after eating, dark thing? Like this yeah. restriction of not eating carbs after a certain time of the day. You hear it so often. It's one of the most common things. I say yes. top five, don't you think? Yes. Yeah. You'll hear a lot of clients that will naturally just say, I don't want to eat, you know, like if they fall short in their carbs consistently you know, for the most part. And I'll ask him, Hey, why did you, you know, fall really short in your carbs? And well, I just, I got home and I didn't have, uh, I didn't eat much carbs throughout the day. So I, I didn't want to eat past six because 
I, I just feel like I, I don't want to go to bed with all these carbs in my in my body. Or Why? In my because stomach. they think what like they think they're gonna gain all this body it fat. All turns into body fat. Yeah, and really, I mean, if you have if you have two hundred grams of carbs in a day and you're trying to crush one hundred fifty in a meal, that's obviously you're gonna gain a little bit of body fat naturally because your protein and fats are gonna be higher. Or your fats will probably be a lot higher, and that's just a lot of people metabolically can't handle that amount that much food in one sitting like. Leanne could, I could, but Elena can't. <laughs> Elena's over here. <laughs> she's like, no. She's shaking her head, no way. <laughs> and so everyone's different. You have to be realistic with what you're doing. So carbs do not, are not bad to eat after a certain time of the day because your body doesn't know and understand. It doesn't know what time of day it is either. It only knows when you get up, when you go to bed, when you're tired, and it only knows, hey, it's it's. You've been up twelve hours. I'm starting to get tired. Let's let's go to bed. It doesn't matter if it's midnight. Yeah, totally. six a.m. Like you work night shift. It happens. Same thing happens. Yeah, nobody thinks about that. The same thing. Like, happens. should you not be eating carbs before? Yeah. You yeah, know, like exactly. does your body flip flop? Like somehow exactly. magically. <laughs> and so it's it's tough. Like I used to work night shift for years in the hospital, and I always thought that too. Initially, I was like, oh, I can't eat. You know, once it. My shift would start at 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., sometimes 8 p.m. to um, uh, 6 p.m., or, or I'm sorry, 8 p.m. to 6 a.m., and I always thought that, oh, I need to get my carbs in before I go to work, and then when I get home, it was light, and then I could eat all the carbs again. So funny. But it was, I created, but then I would, then I would have the thought, well, I shouldn't be eating or having carbs in my belly while I'm sleeping, because I, when I get home, I'd go to sleep. Yeah. And so I had all these mixed like feelings and thoughts and it just really messed me up we have to like look up how that started my thought is that so with clients it becomes obvious where if you have people i think most people weigh themselves in the morning so i almost wonder if it became a misconception where it's like you're eating and a lot of people eat carbs at night because they get home and they roll up their sleeves and dive into a whole box like ritz crackers or something then you're the culprit becomes this because the scale went up in the morning and it's like and, nah. it, and, and when you get home at night, what's the one thing you do? You come home from work, you're relaxed, you maybe hang out with the kids or the family, whatever it is, you're away from stress, or maybe you're stressed from the day, yeah. and now you're coming home to de-stress, yeah. and so what do you do? A lot of people just Snack slop on the couch, stuff. they become hungry, they're digging through the refrigerator. And, and the it's never something healthy. No, it's You never... didn't pull out like a bag of carrots. No, you did not. <laughs> you did not pull out the broccoli and think... Just nomming on a tree. Yeah, exactly. You're pulling out the ice cream or you're ordering from... Like, it was Oreo. nothing healthy. No, it's never anything Oreos. healthy. Oreos. You're pulling out the Oreos. And if you don't have that, you're going to go get it. Totally. You're going <laughs> to go get that ice cream. You're not going to be yeah, getting that. I think, too, that this is another carb thing where I think people feel they're, they're doing themselves a favor when they... I didn't eat all day. I was really good. I didn't eat or I ate one meal. Yep. I didn't eat any carbs during the day. Yep. And then the evening is like the explosion yep, of like... Exactly. And so also, too, you have to realize that if you don't eat a lot all day because you're busy and you're thinking about work the entire day... And you're just in mm-hmm. present with what you're doing. A lot of people will come home and they'll forget that, or they're they're de-stressing, and now all of a sudden they're extremely hungry because they haven't eaten all day. Caught up. It caught up to them because now they're not focused on work. So now their focus is, my God, my stomach is growling. I'm so hungry. You're like insatiable. Eating yes, everything. exactly. And so if you create that moderation throughout the day of eating, just 
naturally with your meals instead of not eating at all you won't have that nearly as much or at all mm-hmm. at night when you realize man i'm really really hungry i didn't eat all day wow that's totally the day blew by and that happens a lot where you hear Definitely. people that don't eat much all day and then they just come home and then they wonder why i don't then then they think i don't eat enough yep that is that's i don't true. i just don't eat enough but i'm gaining weight and mm-hmm. i don't know why i don't eat all day i don't yeah and they don't remember all the stuff they grabbed exactly like, yeah so they're eating snacks or handfuls of this and handfuls of that throughout the day not realizing yeah and it's all quick grab stuff so that's where the carbs get a bad name as yes. well because most of those quicker snack foods are high in carbs. So then people think it's that. And it's like, it's just the total, it's the again, total quantity total and the quantity. fat too. People do yeah. not consider the body or the, the fat that you're eating. Because if you're grabbing the cookies, people think that there's a lot of um, what you eat is just one uh, one category of macro or of macronutrient. Mm-hmm. So if you eat let's say a steak people think that's just protein yeah like it's a big protein source but there's a lot of fat in there too mm-hmm. or like cookies it's just a carb source but there's a ton of fat in them yeah or so people think it's just the carbs and again the carbs past dark yeah or after six or eight or whatever it is that's totally gets a bad name so someone came Such up with the idea name. of hey just don't eat any carbs at night all you're doing is just reducing the overall calories yep. for the day. Yep. That's really all you're doing is reducing that. So if you didn't eat much carbs throughout the day and then you try and eat less carbs or no carbs after you get home at 6 p.m. It's going to be a failing you're, scenario. You're setting yourself up for a massive destruction. Yes. It, it's not going to be a good, pretty uh, ending. The other thing physiologically with people that think they're doing themselves a favor by not eating much during the day, carbs included, is just if you're usually people are dieting some people diet just to strictly lose pounds on a scale but most people are going for a certain look and if you're not eating for many many hours especially like carbs protein fat like the whole all macronutrients you are going to be stripping most likely quite a bit of muscle across time if you continue this approach so you may be spinning your wheels quite a bit where even if you see losses on the scale temporarily Um, you're going to spin your wheels towards the body that you want because you're going to be losing a lot of muscle and or not able to gain muscle if you're also combining workouts. So there's many reasons why the carbs across the day are important. Because carbs even with in combination of protein Mm -hmm. is more anabolic compared to protein by itself. I know that's more protein, but... Carbs are just as anabolic yeah. as protein. Even in fat loss, like they can yeah. be helpful. And so, again, that goes along the lines of what Leanne just said and how you can retain. So you need the carbs for muscle retention. And uh, that doesn't mean if you eat a lot of carbs, you're going to gain all this this uh, muscle either. <laughs> so it definitely plays a huge role in how you're um, metabolically and also how much muscle and, and everything too. Absolutely. So let's let's talk about clean carbs versus dirty carbs. Oh, it's kind yeah. of what we touched on what, like a little bit. Yes. So okay. The the definition of clean. What's the definition of clean carbs? Leah? Tyler has the best definition. <laughs> I've never been a clean eater, so I can't it, describe it all that well. <laughs> so everyone's thought process of clean eating is it's all subjective. Yeah, it's we true. We all have this different my idea like of what does that mean completely yeah. different than leanne's completely different than elena's yeah completely different than my wife nicole yeah and it's it everyone's perception of it they think oh it's you know it's processed mm-hmm. well then i'll ask clients like do you eat protein powder 
yeah, I, I have protein shakes every day. I'm like, well, that's processed. Yeah. You want to call that? That's not considered clean. Is that dirty? Yeah. So yeah, like you look at just fruit, fruits processed totally. in a way, like they went through a process. Like what's the definition of processed? It's so you have to understand that, um, what your thought process of clean versus dirty, you know, everyone might think I might think Lucky Charms is clean, even though logically it's 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 dirty. But to me, it's effective where to I use it. Yeah. I use it towards my my it's workouts. It's on the clean side. <laughs> so I, I I don't call it clean or dirty. I just call it what it is. It's food it's that's carbs. used towards what to help with my goal. So there is you know quick digesting and slow digesting like Leanne talked about. But um, you have to really look at clean and dirty as a different outlook and don't look at it as being bad or good mm-hmm. the more you try and name it or put a, a stamp on bad or good the more you're gonna mess with yourself it's just mentally. more rules again yeah <laughs> and another like interesting thing is that um in healthy individuals that are not diabetic and things like that um sugar does not play as big it gets it's a huge culprit and when we talk about high and low glycemic index carbs that's kind of what that concept is um, based on is like high and low sugar. So the dirty carbs get, you know, a bad rap. Oh, there's so much sugar in that. I can't have that, whatever. But the reality is that it still comes down to the total amount. And in healthy individuals that are not diabetic and don't have blood sugar issues, the difference in the way that those high and low glycemic index carbs impact a body is very, very minimal and almost like insignificant where Some people say, you know, like they feel like a rush or something if they eat something sugary, but the reality is physiologically it's not that profound where you're not, that's not a real thing where kids eat sugar and they get like super hyper or whatever. Like it's a little exaggerated when it comes down to it. Exactly. Um, So in terms of carbs, like as you diet down, how does carbs change as you're in the dieting process? The, the carbs, so again, like everything, um, there it's possible that you're going to need to reduce the amount, but that is as correlated to whatever the goal is and whatever is strategic for what you're trying to achieve. So the total caloric intake is what matters most, is the bottom line. Absolutely. And carbs do change, and there's ways you can, you know, there's carb cycling, there's, I, I guess, the different parts of the diet, um, I personally do some cycling depending mm-hmm. on the person, but it's never like we need to do carb cycling for everybody. It's not magical. It's not magical. Yeah. <laughs> it does not. And, and sometimes, people, I guess if we want to talk about carb cycling, the carb cycling thing, um, people think that it's a, a diet approach or yeah, a type not. of diet, but it's really it's really not. You're just trying to create a deficit. Some people need like all this like dynamic change every day yeah. just to feel like they're dieting. They feel like it's kind of special. But really, I think it's most effective if you wanted to ever use it is like if you want to get really, really lean and you're at like the last few pounds to pick off mm-hmm. that you're trying like for a show. Mm-hmm. You know, if you wanted to do some kind of cycling, sometimes that can be effective. And a lot of times it's just more, again, of like a psychological tool totally. too yes. than anything. Totally. So like high days. So how does high days work? Like uh, refeeds refeeds the way that we do it with our clients is to be more structured and usually we're assigning more carbs not necessarily more like protein and fat because there is a small metabolic response with carbs but also because people tend to feel more um, satiated 
past the higher carb day and they have more energy to exert towards workouts and things like that um, when used with strategy, but it's not like a free-for-all. <laughs> yeah, it's not the last supper. Yeah. And, and so I know some coaches will modify protein and fat when take you know protein down or a lot of fat down or whatever and then high carbs, but you're really just creating a caloric balance in that aspect where if the purpose is to try and have a surplus of calories, mm-hmm. the carbs do help. But if you're trying to lower protein and fat, that kind of defeats the purpose of what you're trying to do. It with being the, like, yeah. Yeah, as effective if it's metabolically boosting or just psychologically helpful. Yeah. That can... This just psychologically for refeeds makes makes a huge huge difference. And I think most people that are using that, unless you're a bodybuilder that is very very lean, like it's so much more like psychological than it is physiological. Totally, you're not undergoing. If you have a lot of body fat on you, you're not undergoing the physiological need for that yes. as much as like the exactly. psychological. So I guess that might come into the long lines of cheat meals. Oh man, cheat meals compared to uh, high days. Now, yeah. what, what's your thoughts on cheat meals? I think they're a terrible idea. Yes. <laughs> I've never, yeah, I don't know. I've never, you, you've had more personal experience with it, but. Yeah, some people just need this. Now, if you say have a cheat meal in once a week, which is a common way of people to do these diet approaches where they do yeah. go extreme, they'll diet hard, and then on week, the weekend or weekday or whatever, for one day, they'll have a cheat meal or a cheat day. Rough. And what ends up happening is, now it's they're creating this feast. Yes. Mentally, they're like, I worked really hard all week, so I get this reward. Yes. And when you create a like a reward system behind it, so bad. It's not very good difficult at all. to it's undo. Very difficult. We've even had clients as extreme as like they were allowed twenty minutes to eat that whatever they even wanted two hours I've by had a coach. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like an hour or two, and they just yes. try and just just eat Cram. as much as they possibly can that takes years to unravel yes. that mindset and the things totally. that go along with the rules totally. that go along with that totally and crazy. they're really shooting themselves in the foot by having these massive cheat meals or cheat days because it just becomes this endless um eating feast feast and so a lot of guilt kicks in mm-hmm. they feel bad then they feel horrible and now everything that you've done all week by like going through all the glycogen levels and, and, and body fat all week trying to just get to body fat, burning through yeah. body fat. Now you like filled all that up yep. and you created body fat. Now you have to take, you know, another three, four days, depending on your body type, to get through everything you just filled up. Yes. Just to burn through body fat for only a couple days before you In end up time having for your the cheat meal, meal again. again. <laughs> yeah. So this is why people cycle where yeah. they'll they'll lose 10 pounds in a week and then get it all back over the weekend or they'll instead of having a cheat meal they'll have like a cheat day or cheat weekend mm-hmm. and they'll cheat for three days a week and diet for four and, and wonder why I'm doing so good for four days why can't I why can't yeah. I lose weight I just I've done everything here and it becomes a big circle. Totally. And again, where usually people are going for a look, people that do that type of eating, like the really extreme lows and then highs, usually look pretty awful because you have to realize your body likes consistency. So if, a lot of times if you're doing those extreme highs and lows, there's a lot of inflammation and yes. your body's like the sodium and water is swinging in huge ways. So your body can't find homeostasis to where you're like all right, I'm cool. Like I look, I look good. It's just like swinging all over the place. And you look in the mirror and you're like, what, yes. <laughs> what's going on here? So I'll give you an example of, um, clients when, when we have local clients, we have, we do in body testing. 
So it tests your body composition, muscle mass or muscle mass distribution, body fat levels, and pretty in depth of where the muscle is being put on. Anyway, the patterns we've seen with clients over the years, those who do the extremes when they're not supposed to do this with the coaching, but they do it anyway. When they go extreme, where they go really low calories to try and make up for what they did over the weekend. And the cardio too. The cardio too. They go, they overdo in the cardio and then they just, they've gone so hard and so drastic and extreme during the week that on the weekend they end up overeating and they keep doing the cycle and they wonder why they're not losing weight or making progress. And every, and there, I don't know if there's research on this. This is just completely anecdotal of what I've experienced with coaching. And so I don't know if there's any science behind it, but I've seen hundred percent of the people that are like that lose a massive amount of muscle so and actually gain um, body fat where they look they look they, they do not look, look as good way different yeah. yeah they don't they even though they've lost some weight okay if they're if they've like itching down maybe a half a pound a week or so but they're still doing this major fluctuate or fluctuating mm-hmm. they've lost so much muscle and they just look way way different soft and weird soft and, and weird and, yeah. yeah yes exactly and so um, even though they're losing some weight, it's just they look different compared to if they would have just had more balance with it. But you're just stripping so much muscle off. Yeah, that's true. Very true. <clears throat> yes. So um, we kind of dug into a lot. I mean, with, with carbs and contest prep, too, we won't go in super depth with that. But, um, you know, carbs can be effective for filling out as well and trying to get uh, trying to fill out muscle bellies depending on the person's category. But um, we can go into depth about that another topic. Absolutely. But um, that's that's it for this episode. And so hopefully, hopefully you guys got uh, a lot of information about carbs, carbs and a different perspective on it. Just the bottom line. What's the bottom line, the take-home message with carbs? Like what's the, the number one thing that people can take? Carbs are not the enemy. They're not. <laughs> no, they're absolutely they're not, not the, the enemy. enemy at all. So. And most diet approaches are repackaged to be low-carb. So when you're looking to do a diet, realize yeah. keto, Atkins, all these things. We've even done quick survey on that with some of our um, clients and just people they all perceive that the diet they did was low carb in some way exactly we've done actually we've, we've surveyed probably about five thousand people yeah and they've the majority of them said low carb yes yeah whether it was packaged in whatever way always low carb yep. and the bottom line is if you're still looking for a diet after you did low carb chances are there's a problem with it for you and it's not yep. sustainable for you yep. you have to really put yourself in a different place and let go of everything that you've done before. Yes. Or your, your rules that you've created. I know it's hard, but the more you let go and the more you're open and more self-aware to the new approach and what you're doing, um, it can make a huge, huge difference. So thanks for listening guys. We'll see you guys in the next episode. See you later. See ya. Thanks so much everybody for joining us today on macro hack radio. Don't forget to leave us a rating and a review and hit that subscribe button so that way you can be updated whenever we publish a new episode. We hope to see you next time here on Macrohack Radio. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram on at the Flexible Dieting, at Nam's Cert, and at TMT Nutrition to see what we are up to on the daily. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much. Bye.